Welcome to episode five, money, money, money. Today, we are talking about finances. We're talking what to do with commission checks. We're talking how to budget. And we're talking how to create generational wealth, not only for you to become inherently wealthy, but also the next generations after you to also be inherently wealthy. Today, I'm sharing a lot of the practices in which I live, things that I'm doing to really make sure that one, obviously a roof is over, always over my head. Number two, food is on the table. Number three, we are building generational wealth. Let's do it. Now, you've heard a little bit in this podcast before, hopefully. I am not the most egotistical person. I don't care for money for the material things it could buy. That's just who I am. And if you do, I have no problem with that. I have no qualms with that. I think that's great. Everybody should value what they value. But to me, I am all about changing my family's history to change our future for forever. To be the first line that said, all right, this isn't cool anymore. We need to do better. That's what I'm about. Yes, am I wearing, you know, if you're watching this on video, a nice Miami bowling shirt? I am. But this is as flashy as I'll get. Today, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. We're talking about the need for a budget. We're talking about what to do with each of those commission checks. We're talking about very minute, small things that add up to something huge when it comes to wealth, because that's actually what matters. Yeah, you'll go on, you'll see these financial gurus or real estate gurus tell you to leverage yourself to the sun and just to, you know, one day, 40 years from now, be inherently wealthy. I hate to break it to you. I saw a lot of those people. I saw a lot of those people in 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012 that lost damn near everything. And it wasn't people who just got in in 2006. They've been doing it since the 90s or 80s. And they lost everything. This isn't about leveraging yourself. This is about living below your means. This is about getting on that budget. This is about putting investments where they need to go into things that not necessarily are 100% safe by no means, but by offer a good return, make sure that you are a homeowner yourself and let time dictate your wealth. Doesn't need to all be today. So we're now on the fifth episode of this podcast and the support for this has been amazing. If you could continue, like this podcast, like this episode, share it, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts and or watch this. I am so damn appreciative of you for doing so and sharing, continuing to share in this message, continuing to help me change the real estate industry. That is what our mission is. We are here to change the industry for the better. So let's talk money. Let's do it. The first thing I want to talk about is when you get a commission check in your hands, because this is where it all kind of starts. What should be done with that commission check? This is what I've always done, especially once I got on a budget and actually lived within my means that drove my wealth from negative to over a millionaire in a very few short years. So if you're sitting there and saying, damn, I'm 29, I don't have a lot to myself right now, or I'm 42, I don't really have too much, I maybe own a house, but not much past that, or I'm 55 and I thought life would be better at this point, I'm here to tell you, you can change everything in your finances 
to literally create generational wealth in three or four years, five years. However, it does not need to take that long period of time for you to turn around your financial picture. So when you get your commission check, you can, it could be $10,000. It could be $20,000. Hell, you could be a million dollar listing. It could be two or $300,000. Fantastic. But let's say it's $10,000. You sold the median house price in America. You sold it for 2%, 2.5%. You got $10,000, maybe $12,500. The first thing you should do, and it's a mistake a lot of people do from the very beginning of their career, and they get caught always behind, is put away money for taxes. You should be paying quarterly taxes. You should not be trying to invest that money so you can get some sort of return because God forbid you lose it, then you're going to be out a lot of money plus have to pay back your taxes next year. Please don't do that. I've seen people really negatively affected by this. Do not, under any circumstances, play with money that should be paid to taxes. You are a 1099 contractor. Taxes are not taken out for your pay. Please set them aside. Put them in a separate bank account that you cannot just easily switch money to and from. Put it in that checking account. You could even set it up with your broker as well. That 20 or 30%, whatever you want to put away, is put in that account. Depending on your spouse's financial situation, if you're individual, I always put 20%, at least 20% into every check, from every check, into a separate bank account for taxes. I would send in my quarterlies. I never really had anything to worry about. I never had to pay a huge sum at the end of the year. That's what it's for. It's for that peace of mind that when April 15th rolls around or that time of year, you're not sitting there saying, oh crap, I need to sell two houses just to pay my taxes from last year. That's a horrible, horrible, horrible way to go about this business. And it's why so many get burnt out because they have to make money just to pay taxes from last year. Just think about that philosophy. Like how much that must suck. And if that's been you, I'm not shaming you. I'm saying get out of that system today. I don't care what it costs you now. Get out of that life because it's not worth it. It's not worth it in the slightest bit to always be behind on taxes or to try investing them so you can make a 7% return and then you pay your taxes. You pay a little bit extra to taxes because you made some money and you still ended up positive. That is not peace of mind. When you're in real estate, you want to be focused on the client experience, providing value, and constantly growing your business. Thinking about how your investment's doing just so you can pay your taxes for your real estate from last year is not effective for doing so. Just being honest with you. So after that 20%, I take another 15%. That is for retirement. There's many different options you have as someone who's technically self-employed as a 1099 contractor. Some of the best ones, depending on your income, Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs, self-employed IRAs, SEP IRAs. You can do a, a self-funded 401k. I don't care what exactly it is. That should be discussed with your financial advisor. But you should be putting money in one of those accounts solely for the need of retirement. Outside of that, you then have another 10%. So 20% taxes, 15% for retirement. Another 10% should be going back into your business. It should be going to marketing an event. It should be going to maybe get some leads. It should be going to sending postcards around the house you just sold. It should be going to anything in your uh, an event, uh, conference or something like that that's going to help you learn. Anything that's going to help you grow in business 
10% of every check should go back into your business to help it grow. Either to help you grow as a person, help your business grow, doesn't matter, but you should be taking it out of every check and putting it in a separate fund. So by now you've realized 20% for taxes, 15% retirement, that's 35. Another 10% is 45. You should be able to live on the 55% that's left. With that 55%, if your bills only take up 25% of it, then that other 30 or 35 should be split among different different investments. Maybe you're pooling money, put, put it in a bucket to buy an investment property one day. Maybe you're looking to buy your own first home. Maybe a good chunk of that, that 30% less left, should be put away for a down payment on a home. Like I said, it could be an investment, a rental property. It could be for doing something extra. That, like, What I want you to understand is you don't need to live off of 10% of what you make. The 55% that's left, if you put 20% away for taxes, 30% away, somewhere in that range for taxes, and you have somewhere realistically 45 to 55% of your each of your checks to live off of, that should be what you live off of. Yes, you could always make extra investments. But if you're putting 15% away for taxes, you're making a good amount of money, you're going to be doing enough with your money to one day retire. So I know a lot of people, they hammer this down to a degree where they're not even really living, and that's not what's worth it in this business. If traveling is of vital importance to you, and to some people it is, visiting different cultures, seeing different places, it makes them feel alive. If that's important to you, that should be a certain percentage of that 45 to 55% that is left. And that's just the honest truth. It's okay to live like that. You're not killing your future by keeping good care of your money and at the same time enjoying yourself. You actually end up getting burnt out in this business by not enjoying yourself. So please, that remaining money after you invest back in your business, you pay your taxes and you invest in your future into retirement should be used to live your life. Does it mean you should push your envelope, push material things to fill it up? No. What we've done very successfully in the last few years is get down to a very refined budget. And that's what I want to talk about next. Getting onto a budget sounds so old school. Sounds so Dave Ramsey. But in reality, I am a big believer in Dave Ramsey's philosophies. Do I think they should be followed 100% like it's a religion? Hell no. Hell no. But at the same time, a lot of his philosophies really help someone who is making an average middle, upper middle class income become inherently wealthy and pass on that wealth to next generations. So yeah, his stuff isn't sexy. It's not slick, but it's easy to follow. And one of the biggest things you have to do is get on a budget. And it changed our life. I didn't follow his advice when it came to buying a home with how much money to put down and the type of mortgage. But at the same time, I followed it when it came to getting on a budget. And when I actually looked at the first time I did this, it was depressing as hell. I listed for an entire month how much money we spent on everything we spent money on, all the subscriptions we had at the time, all the different things we were spending money on, and said, holy shit, this is insane. Our income was great. We were making great money. But at the same time, it was mostly going to everything we were just filling up our life with. And that st- starting to do that changes your life. Changes your life. And then it lets you take each of those commissions and say, okay, this is where it goes. 
because then you could really look at your situation financially from a bird's eye view rather than just living month to month, like figuring shit out. You're able to say my bills are approximately $6,000 a month. This is how much we need to make. This is how much we have coming in. And this is how much we can allot for future either vacations, we could future investments, different things that we could spend our money on with the excess. But it starts with first getting on a budget. And I am so old school. I have it, I guess not too old school. I don't have it written pen and paper, but we have it in an Excel file in the spreadsheet, Google sheet, where we list every single bill we have at the very end. If there's special things going on that month, it's Christmas. We want to put uh, uh, money away for gifts for our son, nieces, nephews, family, everyone around us, then we can do so. We put those extra things at the bottom so we can budget for them. And we put all of our money into one account where all that money comes from for an entire month. And then we don't have, we have, we don't have any stress from that because it's a complete peace of mind. The money is there. I don't have to worry about the bills getting paid or how much money we're spending. Does that mean we live 100% to that or if something comes up or we wanna get ourselves something extra or do something for ourselves outside of what's in our budget, we say no? Absolutely not. But if you're in a tough financial situation right now, you probably should. You probably should be living by your budget. You should be saying, do I really need these things? If it's we're laying it on our budget, it's going to be November 1st next month. We're doing it at the end of October. November 15th rolls around and something extra that we don't really need comes up. Should we buy it? If you're in a tough financial situation, you should look back at your budget and say, you know what? I'd rather focus on paying the cable bill this month than getting that item. I'd rather keep internet on. I'd rather be investing back into my business than getting that one item. That's the power of a budget. And I know it's old school. Guys, I'm 100% aware of that. And I know it's probably going to rub a certain amount of people the wrong way that I'm telling you to do it. But if you've had great success with finances, let's be honest, you're probably not listening to this episode, at least not right now. You probably already turned it off. So you're looking for some sort of guidance. And this is the best guidance I can give you, is list every single item you have that you spend money on, how much incoming money you have each month. If you are by yourself and all you have is real estate and you right now you're not into several different streams of income, you are solely relied on the commission, you should have what's pending next this next month, what's supposed to close, but also have a percentage that okay, this might not happen, this might not close. So, I always what I would do is if I had 20,000 in commissions coming in a certain month and I knew probably half of it was like really solid and the other half was like, eh, maybe, you know, we still have to get through the inspection, appraisal or anything like that. Didn't get through attorney review yet. I'd probably say, okay, my income's probably about 8,000. And we would plan off of that rather than say, okay, we're definitely gonna get the full 20. Because if you plan off the full and a deal falls through, I just had one a couple months ago, literally, seller didn't want to show up to close and didn't show up. Didn't show up. They ended up in a lawsuit, but we don't get paid. Didn't seem, you know, it was, it was a dramatic transaction, but didn't seem like that was going to be the outcome of it. If I had been depending on that income, I would have been screwed. Absolutely screwed. So once you're on a budget and you're able to say, okay, this is most likely going to close or and or you have a spouse that makes a consistent income or significant other that makes a specific amount of income, it makes your life a lot easier because then you can look at your budget and whittle things down. There's a lot that you can cut out especially, you know, in these times where inflation is through the roof, guys, if you haven't looked at your budget and what you're spending, 
You most likely have, but if you haven't, you really need to. Even if you think you're doing okay with things, you can do better. There's definitely things you're spending money on. There's 100% things you're spending money on that you don't need to. Certain subscriptions, certain streaming services probably that you probably haven't even pulled up in seven months. I know that sounds so cheap and cheesy. Okay, it's $8.99, John. But that type of mentality adds up. It adds up real, real fast. Trust me, and it adds up in your budget, and it adds up with how much money you're taking home, and which adds up into the amount you can invest into your future, invest into the future you or your future retirement, and or investments into buying your own home and or investment properties. It adds up quick. It's that mentality that really helps you financially build that inherent wealth that you can in this business. Once you have your budget is when you can really start to look at your picture financially. You have each commission going to a certain point of where it needs to go. You have your budget. And then from there, the most important thing you can do is continue living by that budget. If you don't own a house already, here's why, and I'm going to take a very short minute to talk about this, why owning a house is important. Yes, there are costs that could come up. A furnace could go, a roof could go, you could have to do, you know, taxes could increase or something like that could happen. But in reality, if you could fix your mortgage payment for 30 years, that is powerful if you can afford it in today's market. Because that fixes your costs and doesn't lead to, okay, hey, I'm renting here somewhere and then boom, I got to rent somewhere else. My lifestyle and everything gets turned over. I'm always living by how much rent is increasing. You are locking in your costs. And on top of it, no matter what anyone says, the reality is for most people, if you're trying to plant roots, you're a realtor and you are trying to stay in an area and become that local expert of choice that we talk about so damn much here, you want to be a part of the community. And being part of the community means owning a house and understanding the issues that homeowners have in that market. So owning a house is, is of vital importance to building your wealth. And it's of vital importance to building a community-based local expert of choice business because you are someone that people can rely on because you're one of them. And that's why it is super important to get into home ownership as a real estate professional. Because not only does it bring you closer to the community, it also helps you in many ways. I found this when I bought my first home with a lot of the questions that buyers have about the whole process and the emotions. Like you become a much more empathetic realtor when you then go out and buy real estate. Same thing with once you own a house, you should be looking towards with some excess money to buying investment properties that can cash flow for you. The reason being is when you do that, you could share that wisdom with your clients, your friends, your family. You become a magnet. People get attracted to working with you when you start doing some of these things. So you own your own house. You start, you know, after a few years, be able to start leverage some things and maybe buy or investment property, save up some money and buy an investment property. This is where your life can really change. Yes, could you leverage everything under the sun, take as much equity from every property and then continue to do this so you have 20, 50, 100 doors? You absolutely can. But I'm here to say you do not need to do all of that in order to become very wealthy. If you buy an investment property, for say, you know, say it's for your kid when they're just born, 20 years from now, it will most likely be worth a lot more. 20 years from now, a tenant will have paid a good amount of the mortgage down, even at today's higher rates. 
And then at the same time, you'll be sitting on not only your own property, but another property that's almost paid off. You could leverage that to pay for college. You could leverage that to buy another property. You could continue doing this slowly and become more and more wealthy and have more assets to leave to another generation and to provide yourself with additional retirement income. You end up when you're retired, if you're sitting there 40 now, and in 20 years, you accumulate five, seven properties that are mostly paid off and or have lower payments compared to what the rents will be in 20 years, you'll be living very comfortably. And that's where I know it sounds so basic, but that's where the budget really starts because you start to actually look at your money and every dollar that's coming in. The issue a lot of real estate professionals have is because the income is so inconsistent at times, you don't look at your money as if like I get an $18,000 check, I'm going to spend it. Or maybe I'll put some of it away. Maybe I'll put, you know, save it for a car or something like that or, you know, put away towards a house, like a certain percent, but not like a finite, okay, here's where my budget, okay, this could pay for, if our budget is for $6,000, this could pay for three months of expenses. That's where that's going to go. Having that ability to look at your finances in that direct way changes everything for you money-wise. It makes you so much less stressed. It makes you have the ability to buy your first home, buy an investment property, do all these things that creates generational wealth. It lets you save for retirement. It lets you not worry about not having an emergency fund set up. One of the most important things that starting a budget does for you is give you peace of mind. It gives you peace of mind and control over the rest of these things. And when you have control over the rest of these things in your own personal financial situation, do you want to know who you help best? Your clients. Because you don't need every single dollar from their commission checks, their sales, your entire business changes, your mindset changes, you're a lot freer with your money, you're a lot freer with your time. You give people 100% genuine advice for them rather than what it is for you. Look at some of the content I put out there, especially the stuff for consumers. One of the top comments I always get is you seem like a person who is genuinely caring about the consumer, not looking out for themselves. It's a shame that that's what is so different about a real estate professional, but the reason I can do it is very simple. Even in this hard market, even owning a company, several companies built around real estate, which right now in our area is in the complete toilet, we are still financially okay. We do not live a big life, and when we had to cut certain things so we can get down to what my wife's teacher salary is, we did. And we still have fun with our son. We still go on vacation. We still live our life. I'm still opening new businesses because I'm able to take whatever money does come in and invest it back in. Not many people can do that. But that's the power of what I do because I don't need anything financially from all this. Do I want to make money? Yes. Does making money, making a lot of money, make you happy to a certain degree? Yeah. Once you get past a certain point, though, it doesn't, doesn't really add to much. You only then get nicer cars or bigger houses. I live in one of the most beautiful towns in the Jersey Shore. I have a beautiful piece of property. I have a house that fits us for our family, for our lifetime. And it is 
a dream where we live and we were able to make it all happen because we got on a damn budget four or five years ago. And now that lets me open up now today, like I'm opening up new companies in a time where real estate companies are literally dying left and right. We're investing into all this new stuff for agents in a time where every single brokerage around me is cutting left and right, cutting staff, raising fees, cutting commissions, doing absolutely everything just to survive. We are growing. And your business can do the same thing because if you get really, really strict with your finances and disciplined, I shouldn't use the word strict. If you get really disciplined with your finances, you will ride through really, really bad times very easily. And when times are good, you'll be sitting there going, holy shit, look how much money we have. Look at how much money we have. And when you can do that, you help people from your heart. And when you don't need to, the, the crazy snowball of all of this, and this is where I'm going to end this podcast, the snowball is you are then a better real estate professional. You care more about your clients rather than just about the dollar. Your clients can feel that. When you're talking to someone on the phone and you're talking about inspection issues, and rather than the point of view of, hey, I really want this deal to go through so I can you know, afford to pay my mortgage this month, but I'd rather, go, I'd rather my client love everything about me and I'm going to give them advice as if I was buying the house or as if my brother was buying the house or my mother or my son or anybody else that's really close to me, people can feel that energy. They can feel it. And you know what they do? They call up their brother. They call up their mother. They call up their son and say, you need to work with this person. And you and your business grows dramatically from that point. Because you are, you're giving advice wholly from your heart, you're living within your means, and you are helping people, and damn, it changes everything for you. Everything. Not just in your business, but in your life as well. So I implore you, just start. Start looking at your finances. Get on a budget, take your commission, break it down to where it's supposed to go. If you're behind on certain things, get caught up, get ahead, put some money away and some savings, and then start doing this process. But you can change your life dramatically from now until realistically 2026, 2027. You could change everything in these few short years, even when inflation's through the roof, even when interest rates are high, even when not that many people are moving, even when the market sucks. You could change your life. I did it. You could do it too. Please, again, our mission here is so simple. We want to change the real estate industry. That's why we're getting real. This is real. This is a real conversation about finances. It's not some egotistical bullshit that you hear. So please like this podcast, follow us, subscribe, share it, do whatever you can to help spread this message because I am so damn appreciative of you. 